On this episode of Come Pray With Me, I will be interviewing Dr. Handy Intheson, the president of Wat Thai Theravada Buddhist Temple in Washington, D.C. Dr. Intheson is also Secretary General of the Council of Thai Bhikkhus, a nonprofit dedicated to intercultural and interfaith dialogue. We will be exploring what differentiates Theravada Buddhism from other sects of Buddhism, as well as the impact Theravada Buddhism has had on Thai culture. Thank you very much for coming to the show, Dr. Intheson. I really appreciate your time. So my first question is, what makes Theravada Buddhism different from some of the other sects of Buddhism like Mahayana and Vajrayana? Theravada Buddhism uh, is the most traditional Buddhism dating back to the, um, the time of the Buddha. Uh, many, many Buddhists sex uh, developed after the Buddha passed away according to the tradition by the year about 250 BC uh, 18 different sects has um, emerged and um, because of different of the doctrine Mahayana Buddhism developed roughly between twin, uh, 200 BC to 200 AD. Uh, there was uh, the school of uh, the elder. Uh, Thera means that the elder has uh, sometimes been called the small vehicle, and Mahayana is the great vehicle. From the 6th century AD, two schools of Mahayana Buddhism developed in China that became very important in China, then Japan uh, nowadays, and also spread into Korea and North Vietnam. Uh, although the basic teachings of Theravada Buddhism and Mahayana Buddhism are the same, like uh, the Four Noble Truths, the Noble Eightfold Path, or even the or, uh, Dependent Origination, that's uh, the, the main teaching. And um, there are important difference between the two schools uh, roughly, I can speak like uh, uh, Theravada Buddhism focus on the Arahanta or the, the noble, the enlightened noble one um, who has reached the enlightenment because of wisdom attained through the insight into the true nature of the thing and uh, the emphasis on uh, wisdom. And uh, Mahayana Buddhism, on the other hand, uh, focus on the Podisatta uh, or Podisattva. In, in Pali, we call the Podisatta. And in um, Sanskrit, they call Podisattva the same thing. Uh, who puts off the enlightenment because of the compassion for the welfare of the all beings. The emphasis on the compassion. This is the, the main theme of the Mahayana. The, um, Bodhisattva develops the 10 perfection of Paramita because of the uh, concern for the well-beings of living things. Uh, there are many Bodhisattva or Bodhisattva in Mahayana Buddhism. And in the Pali canon, only the Bodhisattva to be Buddha himself. In Theravada Buddhism, we believe that the previous life of the Buddha or Buddha-to-be that we call Bodhisattva. So, um, and another another thing that uh, Theravada Buddhism is um, 
concern about getting free from the circle of samsara and putting an end of suffering. But Mahayana Buddhism, you can say, is concerned about getting one own um, Buddhahood. So they believe that everyone can be the Buddha, or Buddha power, or Buddha citta. And um, <clears throat> the pure Buddha nature is uh, something uh, every human being, uh, every living being, yeah, already has on it. So uh, it's possible for everything, everyone uh, can be a Buddha. In Mahayana Buddhism, um, Buddha nature become or uh, a synonym for uh, Tathata uh, in Theravada that we call Tathata. It's a chestnut, the pure and original nature all beings have. This is the, the different thing between Mahayana and Theravada. And uh, Vajrayana also the develop uh, of uh, like uh, a Mahayana tradition, but in uh, Himalayan rains country like uh, Bhutan, Nepal, and uh, some parts of northern India that they still practice in Vajrayana. And the, the main theme of this Buddhism is same Mahayana. So you mentioned earlier that Theravada Buddhists are more focused on breaking the samsara cycle. So what does that mean to you as a Buddhist and why is it so important to break free? Okay, um, samsara is the, the circle of birth and death uh, because of when we in Buddhism, we, we believe that uh, when people die or someone die, they have to reborn, reborn again. Uh, if you not reach to the Nirvana or Nipana or enlightenment, means that extinction of suffering or extinction of samsara. Buddhism uh, look in the true nature of life is full of suffering. Uh, birth is a suffering because we carry the sickness, we carry the old age, and also they carry the death. So uh, when we attach to the life, uh, atta that we call ourselves or oneself, that we attach to that, means that you carry the tukha or the suffering on your shoulder. So everyone try to escape from that, try to uh, get rid of that. Of course, we cannot um, get rid of uh, birth, cannot get rid of sickness, we cannot get rid of death, but we know the, the origin of cause of suffering, what is that? Means that attachment. So you have to detach to even oneself because nothing to grasping or nothing to hold on. Uh, life composed with four great elements, uh, earth, fire, water, and wind, and also 
consciousness and the mind all together that we call life. So when we attest to this life, then you carry the suffering. So that in Buddhism, we try to escape from samsara means that to practice until see the thing as a really are and see the thing as a really is, not see the thing as you want to be or you want to have. If you see the thing as you want to be or you want to have, means that you follow the mental defilements, gilesa, that's the, the evil thing in our mind. So we try to get rid of this thing. Yeah. So what are the four noble truths and the eightfold path and how do Buddhists use this in their daily lives? Okay, uh, the four noble truths are the four things that the Buddha discovered. Uh, the Tukha, uh, the, the concept of the four noble truths is the, um, the teaching of cause and effect that uh, uh, Tukha is a suffering. Some people may say that, oh, why Buddhism talking about only suffering? Why not happiness? Okay. Uh, because a Buddha said, uh, Tuk is uh, the result of uh, Samudaya. Samudaya is uh, the cause of suffering. When you face the result, if you want to recover, you want to stop the, the effect, you have to lead back to the cause. What is the cause of suffering? Cause of suffering in Pali that we call uh, Samudaya means that the origin of suffering is a craving. Craving uh, that you, you grasping, you, you thirst, uh, you want it, you need it, uh, that we call craving. That's uh, the cause of suffering. So in the Four Noble Truth, number one is a result of the cause of suffering that uh, Four Noble Truth, number two, Tukha, Samutaya, that the number two. When you discover the craving and then you have to uproot the craving, like a greed, hatred, and delusion, that, that's uh, the ignorance, that's uh, the polluted your mind, make your mind polluted, and then you don't know what is what, or you don't know the way out. Even you don't understand the three characteristics of existence. You don't understand things are impermanent. Things are, have to change, constantly change all the time. So you have to understand it. If you grasping that things should be stable, tangible, that that's against of the the law, the law, the rule, <laughs> against the the nature law. So you have to understand that. So if you again the law that the, the come to number two is a tukha because of suffering. Number two and number three is that the the non-self. These are the three characteristic of existence. This is the, the universal law. You have to understand. If you not understand this, means that you against that. So the tukha or suffering will follow you all the time. And um, the Four Noble Truth number three is uh, nirota. Nirota means the extinction of suffering. In, uh, but the, 
the cause or the the thing before you extinction of suffering, you have to follow the Noble Eightfold Path. So the Noble Eightfold Path in the Four Noble Truths number four, that's uh, the path lead you to extinction of suffering. So the Noble Eightfold Path or the Noble Path lies between the extremes of a severe cell modification on the other hand and a life of luxuries on the other hand. Like a Buddha himself, he he been in um, luxurious life like a prince, yeah, in the king family. That that's uh, the ex extreme luxury life. And then after he uh, left the palace, uh, renounced the world to become ascetic, uh, become um, a monk, and he practiced a sphere very strict. Uh, mod cell modification almost die, but after that he realized that oh, life should be in the middle. So the the path is includes uh, right understanding, eight eight four path, right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. So if you are going to do anything to uh, improve our lives, you first have to understanding the situation and you have to put, why the Buddha put right in front of that? Because right is not wrong <laughs> because something people, uh, people say that, oh, I'm, I'm doing the right thing, but in the sense is a wrong thing, so. In, in their sense, mean they, they, they said, oh, I are doing something right, but it's not ultimate right, it's something wrong. We must have a clear view of the, the way things are. We must see that the way things are. Uh, in the other word, we must have right understanding. The step of uh, Noble Eightfold Paths are not to be uh, taken like a consecutively to stop along the way into the developed, uh, you have to develop together uh, simultaneously, all together. The eight steps uh, for under the three, uh, three main thing that uh, in um, Buddhism we call the three, three for training in eight, but we can divide into three groups is like a sila, morality, uh, samadhi. Uh, the samadhi is the meditation and the wisdom, the panya. So in Pali word, we call sila, samadhi, panya, means that morality, uh, meditation, and wisdom. So uh, what is a sila or what is a, the moral code? Moral code is not uh, like a right speech, uh, right action, right livelihood. Uh, you have to uh, follow the five precepts, like not to kill, not to steal, not to torture, not to harm yourself and other people, not to take what is not given to you, and not to 
uh, commit uh, sexual misconduct or adultery. So you have to respect uh, husband and wife and, uh, and not to tell a lie, not to tell false speech or slander or something like that. And uh, the last one is not to take intoxicant drink or drug that is a harm to your mind, harm to your behavior. So this um, right, uh, uh, right livelihood, right speech, and right action that uh, that we call the uh, moral or sila, and um, right uh, concentration, like a right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. Those three things uh, that we call the group of uh, meditation or mind training. So to get rid of greed, hatred, and delusion that uh, polluted your mind, you have to use the technique of meditation to uh, delete or to eliminate all kind of thing in your mind. And the last one, it's uh, the group of wisdom, is a uh, right understanding and right thought. So uh, after you remove the ignorance from your mind, and then your minds are very pure, calm, clear, and cool. So that's a panya or wisdom arise from there. What are the different ways that meditation detoxifies the mind? Oh, this is a very, very important because uh, my, the Buddha said, my is a foreigners of all action. My is a chief. My is a master. My is doer. In Buddhism, we focus on the mind training. I can have, I can say that uh, we have program like a mental detoxification and relaxation. Use the strong mind, use the mindfulness to clean your mind. Cleansing the mind and the body, because <laughs> you shower to clean your body on outside. So every day, uh, some people take a shower twice a day, like uh, in the Asian countries, a very uh, hot temperature. So you clean only outside, but mental detoxification is the, the technique to um, internal cleansing. Uh, when, you, when your sensory organs uh, come into contact, with the external stimuli, you use some of the energy uh, coming in, but the leftover force turn into toxin. So toxin um, enter to your body through all six sense organs, through your two eyes, two ears, nose, tongue, body, and the mind. So six way that uh, you contact to the world all the time, outside world and inside world. I mean, world is mean your body, okay? So uh, when the eye, ear, nose, tongue, body, and mind is a contact, and then sometimes it's a leftover, it's turned to toxin. Toxin means that make your mind polluted. And um, you must get rid of these toxins every day in order to pure your mind, yeah, mental and physical, 
facilities and keep them functioning well. So toxins are the cause of stress, the cause of depression, the cause of sickness, and also the cause of laziness. <laughs> you can feel like when you feel lazy, uh, when you sleep and then want to get up early in the morning also uh, make you lazy. Yeah. When you eliminate all of the toxins, you will feel, feel, feel free inside, feel fresh and uh, enthusiastic, uh, ready to work, ready to action, ready to, to do something. Um, you will be alert in the mind and the body all the time. So we get rid of toxin from the mind by use uh, mental detoxification means that you have to um, learn how to meditate and establish mindfulness. Mindfulness means that you know you, yourself here and now. Don't let your mind go outside. Don't let your mind wandering somewhere. Focus your mind on your nostril. We use the breath as the tool of meditation. When you when when we meditate, we we set up the mind in your nostril. When you breathe in and out, you focus your mind on that and know yourself know by yourself that you're breathing in, you know that you're breathing in. Breathing in long or breathing short, you know that, okay? Inhale good oxygen and hold your breath a little bit and relax with the, um, use uh, the sense of release when you when you're breathe out, okay? Use the technique of release relax and recite. When you breathe out, you recite in your mind or even you recite in your lip, that release, release, release. But the main thing is a relax. When people, they get too stressed or depressed, they, they don't relax their mind. Their mind is very tight. So every muscle in your body has to be relaxed by Take a deep breath. So the breath can change your emotion. You can see it. You, you can see. You sit, relax, and take a deep breath. And then your body will be relaxed. Every muscle in your body will be relaxed. You get fresh after that. So this uh, we use this technique to detox, uh, detoxification from the mind. Okay. I can see why meditations become so popular now. Like people will take classes for it. And even people that aren't Buddhist have practiced it and have seen a lot of benefits from it. I also have the program in, in my temple. Yeah, you can join or anyone can join that. Uh, I have on uh, Saturday afternoon, one o'clock, one to two o'clock, uh, uh, freedom med meditation and for free, free of charge. So before the um, uh, Corona pandemics, we have the program that you can come and sit in the Buddha hall as in the picture background. I, this is my Buddha hall. That's a very good environment that you can sit and relax and, you know, 
um, every Saturday that we have uh, right now online uh, by Zoom that uh, every Saturday also, and also in uh, Thursday morning, uh, 8.30 to 9.30. So mental detoxification and relaxation, please enjoy. That sounds lovely. I also saw on your temple's website that you offer a few other classes. So what are they and um, how would someone join them? Right now you can call, you can call and make appointment. And uh, as the in-program that I just mentioned, uh, you can get information after you call, make appointment or even individual appointment that you want to discuss with the monk uh, begin to learn meditation, how to meditate from beginner. And then the monk can guide you and let, let you um, meditate together online. So my next question is, who is Long Tachi and how has he impacted your temple? Long Tachi is the, our first abbot, the first Dhammatutta, Thai Buddhist monk, the first group of the Thai Buddhist monk who established uh, the temple in Los Angeles uh, since 1972, 73 in Los Angeles. And he, the first one established a Thai temple in Washington, DC in 1974. So he, he, he is the, 90, 96 years old now, he's still alive. <laughs> and he's my grace master. He's the one of the most respected monks in the DC and in United States of America, I can say like that. And then uh, also he's a model for the young Buddhist monk who are working in the international community. So Long Dechi has dedicated his life for more than 45 years to set um, example for the Buddhist missionary in the US. He's uh, devoted uh, leadership and guidance, have formed a stronger community of uh, Buddhist monk and lay Buddhist in uh, metropolitan area and for the whole um, a Buddhist community in U.S. and also he is the founder of the that we call Samatha Thai, the Council of the Thai Pikus, Thai monks in the U.S. Right now, this organization uh, have the 115 temples under this organization. So he is the founder of this organization, and then we have. Uh, connect to other temple throughout the world. Right now, uh, many temple, many Thai community established in different parts of the world, every continent that we have uh, connect together. So he's amongst of the leading teachers of the Dhamma or the Buddha teaching in America and around the world. So his works includes the writing, teaching of the meditation and uh, practicing that before he, he lead the meditation, he is a, a meditation master uh, spreading the Dhamma worldwide. 
So his slide is uh, dedicated to the Thai and non-Thai community in America. That's an incredible story. I noticed your temple has this very rich history and tradition yeah. of spreading Buddhist messages and teachings throughout, not just America, but throughout the world. So what are some of the ways that Thai culture impacts the way you practice Buddhism? Thai people, 95% uh, are Buddhist. They practice in Thailand, especially Theravada Buddhism. So uh, Buddhism form their life, uh, form the more their life, like uh, the uh, equitable and uh, hospitable, respectful and reluctant to the offer or uh, confront. These characteristics with the practice of Buddhism uh, because uh, in in Buddhism, Buddha teaches uh, the people have to, you know, be humble, be polite, and um, train to be a uh, volunteer mind. Yeah. And um, have to serve the other. And especially um, Thai people are tolerant and can can connect or can you know emerge to any culture or any um, tradition. Yeah. They are not uh, a word to other people. They are practicing their own religions and uh, also adapt to other belief or religion like uh, Hinduism. If you go to Thailand, you can see the. <laughs> Hindu gods, like a prom, you know, the, the Brahma, the Hindu gods, every, almost every corner of the, you know, new building or business building, especially in Bangkok. This also, this blend of the, the belief that, that not conflict to each other, uh, like Hinduism and Buddhism, the people, they accept uh, the belief like 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 that and um, in in Thai culture uh, that affect the practice in Buddhism and Hinduism and uh, Christianity or Islam also have in Thailand so but the majority is the Thai Thai people they believe in Theravada Buddhism and um, we believe that uh, do good get good, do bad get bad. So everybody try to, to do good and avoid bad. And also Thailand is, uh, has the, the monarchy, the king uh, participate in the religious ceremony and foster the practice of the religious. He's uh, the, the patron of the Buddhist religion and also the previous king or the present king, he also has been ordained as a Buddhist monk, live in the monastery and uh, learn the Dhamma, practice the meditation, practice the Dhamma. So um, Buddhism, like uh, the way of life of Thai people. So uh, religious and culture is uh, 
mix together or blend together. So you cannot divide between religious or culture or tradition. It's a blend because culture and tradition, even the language, we 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 take from Buddhism. That's pretty incredible. I think it's those strong Buddhist values that have given Thailand its nickname, the land of a thousand smiles. This, I think, because of Buddhist teaching, make the people happy, not too serious, you know. I mean, not, not too serious with life because of, uh, we consider life is uh, too short. <clears throat> Why we have angry? Why we have greedy? why we have deluded mind to each other because life is too short. Why don't you try to get rid of the greed, hatred, and delusion that pollute your mind? And then enjoy your life, present here and now. <laughs> this is the way of life of Thai people. So the smiling face is to show that their mind, clean, clear, and calm. Even they get angry, but okay, it's uh, finished soon, <laughs> not, not hold too long. Because, you know, we learn about impermanence. Angry is, is not permanent, it's uh, impermanent. When you change your emotion, like I tell you, told you that uh, you take a deep in breath, and then you can change your emotion from angriness to happiness. <laughs> okay. That was beautiful. So my next question is, um, what is the Pali Canon and what is its significance to the Theravada Buddhists? Pali Canon is like, um, like a Bible or like uh, the books that record the Buddha teaching. So we use Pali language. Uh, Pali language is used in the time of the Buddha that spoke in, in the Magad state. That, that, that we call Magati, Makat uh, Magati, and then um, <clears throat> after Buddha passed away a long, long time, I think around 11 to 12 uh, Buddhist century, then they have the alphabet, they convert from the oral transmission to the record of language, you know. Before that, in the time of the Buddha, the monk had to recite recite the teaching and memorize by heart and transform from generation to generation. That's why this tradition we still practice that we call chanting. We chant together, we chant in the group. Why we chant in the group? Because to check that your memory is correct or not. So Pali Canon that in Pali or in Sanskrit we call Pitaka Pali and in Sanskrit they call Tripitaka means that three basket, three collections of words is a compare of the that comprise of Vinaya Pitaka mean rule and regulation of the monks and nuns that's the Vinaya or rule and regulation and uh, Sutta Pitaka uh, mainly the Buddha's discourses and sutta means uh, the story of the Buddha, story of the arahan or the disciple, uh, the place and uh, the teaching where he have taught this uh, teaching. 
the people concerned. And uh, the last basket is the Apitama Pitaka, works about the Buddhist psychology and Buddhist philosophy and metaphysics. The only teaching that are very, very high and very difficult. So, all together, three baskets or three pitaka uh, contain the teaching 84,000 topics. So, <clears throat> the monk have to learn uh, when we ordain as a monk, have to follow the rule the ceremony to ordain as a monk or as a novice, pikkuni, uh, the female monks also, have to follow the rule. The rule of the monk 227, the rule for the novice, uh, samanera, 10, 10 rule or 10 precepts. And for the pikkuni is uh, 311. And the ceremony, you have to do the right thing as the Buddha taught. So in Theravada tradition, we try to keep this kind of uh, ceremony and, and practice uh, to keep original, not, not to reform or not to change uh, whatever use in the time of the Buddha, we try to preserve on the teaching according to the record in Vinaya Pitaka in the rule regulation. And also uh, the Sutta, the discourse, and also the Abhidhamma, the metaphysics that we have to learn and practice. So it is a very important of Pali Canon. Do you have any prayers you would like to share with our audience today? I would like to share with you the uh, pray that uh, we we chant every every day in the Buddha Hall. That's uh, the, the most important thing in Buddhism. Buddha is uh, the father. Dhamma is the uh, teaching, and Sangha Noble Sangha is uh, the community of the monk or disciples of the Buddha who carry on the duty to preserve, protect, and promote Buddhism, especially in during the virus pandemics to all the people who suffer, who lost their lives, and I wish they be well and happy. So I like to offer the prayer for them. Sapphe Sata Avera Hunto Sapphe Sata Anika Hunto Sapphe Sata Sukita Hunto Sapphe Sata Sukhi Atanang Pariharanto Sapphe Sata Ahang Asukito Homim May all beings be free from enmities. May all beings be free from ill treatments. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings protect their own happiness. May all beings living be happy in body and mind. Satu, Satu, Satu. That was a very 
beautiful prayer and I really appreciate you sharing that with us today. Thank you very much uh, for having me with you, with your program. And I hope that um, the people can understand better about uh, Theravada Buddhist, Buddhism. I hope so too. And uh, welcome everyone uh, to who interesting in Buddhism and um, Thai culture, Thai tradition. So what Thai DC can provide you all information about the Buddha teaching or about the Thai culture and Thai tradition. You are welcome. If you would like to learn more about Theravada Buddhism and Thai culture, visit www.whatthaidc.org.